Well, hello everyone. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope it was filled with people that you love and wonderful time of giving and receiving gifts. But I also I also hope that you had some moments on Christmas where you were able to feel the connection between your life and the manger and what it means for you today. And on this day after Christmas, uh, I hope that you'll begin to tag along with this on this story of Jesus, um, him growing up, him becoming a carpenter, and eventually starting to travel around his part of the world with a group of men and women who witnessed his life and mission unfolding. It's an incredible story, and we love to enter into that story at the well. And because we are all about telling God's story at the well, we also, um, we also want to tell our own stories and how they are related to it. So for me today, I would like to share with you one of my stories from Christmases long ago. can't get past this season without thinking about a little toddler named Michael. As many of you know, as many of my friends know, my amazing parents were foster parents to dozens of kids across two decades. Growing up, I did not know anything but a noisy, chaotic Christmas with presents stacked so high in the living room that we could barely see the tree. And then usually six to 10 kids tearing into all of those presents with a frenzy on Christmas morning. So three of these kids were my biological siblings, my two older brothers, Terry and Doug, and my little sister, Tammy. The other children were my emotional and spiritual siblings. Our lives were tied together by the intersection of their need for a safe, stable home and my parents' willingness and open doors. We learned so much from each other, just in the daily routine of cranking out necessary chores like folding towels. I think I folded a load of towels every day of my childhood. Or simple things like walking to and from school together. And I just want you to know that I actually can claim that I walked a mile to school and back in a foot of snow because I grew up in Wyoming. Now, it was a mile once, you know, you put going to school and coming home, but a mile every day to and from school in a foot of snow easily happened in Casper, Wyoming. So just want you to know I can claim that as a parent and say that to my children. But you know, sitting around a crowded dinner table, that's what made family happen for many of these kids. And it certainly redefined what family meant for me. For 18 months, one foster child captivated all of us. My parents, all of the kids in the house, he just captured our hearts. His name was Michael. 
His mother had actually been a foster child in our home for a few years. And when she graduated and, when, and was unable to care for him, he stayed with us. Then, without much notice, she left town and no one heard from her for over a year. It looked as if Michael might suffer the same foster care fate that his mom did as she began this cycle of repeating the mistakes that her own parents had made. At some point, it looked as though my parents might be able to adopt Michael since his mom had disappeared and we were the only family he really knew. I was overjoyed at the thought of a baby brother already invested in his life. I helped feed and care for him and I posed him for funny pictures with hats and sunglasses and, and I just loved his sweet and gentle spirit. He was my little brother. One day, I came home from school and sensed a shadow of pain and loss in the house. My mom had been crying and my father could barely find the words to tell us that Michael was gone. There had been some court hearing that day and his mother had been notified that her parental rights might be terminated. And she actually made a surprise appearance at the court proceedings. And within a matter of minutes, Michael was literally taken from the arms of the only parents he recognized and given into the care of a confused, wayward mother that he did not know or recognize. I never got to say goodbye and because of the legal parameters of foster care at the time rarely were foster families able to stay in touch with foster children after they leave so I never saw him again either that always takes me a moment to think about when I say it out loud Not a Christmas goes by that I don't find pictures of Michael and wonder, where is he? And say a prayer for good things in his life. I also pray for his mom because even though she wounded us terribly, I understand the past that she struggled to escape. I know that when she and Michael left our lives, there was so much help and healing that was still needed in her life. And I just pray that they found their way, that in somewhere along the road, someone else came into their lives who loved and accepted and gave them space to figure things out. And the seeds that were planted in our home were watered and somehow she trusted someone else to help her get things right. You know, 
it's amazing how those kinds of losses can become the driving forces in our lives. I find that my days can be defined by the Michaels that I don't want to see leave my life with unfinished business, with unfinished relationship, unfinished spiritual and emotional flourishing, unanswered questions, unresolved issues, or or leaving without taking advantage of that second chance or third or fourth. After years of walking alongside people on their faith journeys, I still want them to know it is the cry of my heart that we can always come back with our questions, with our doubts, with our struggles, maybe with pain that someone has inflicted on us. We don't know what to do with that pain. A rejection that we think will keep us from coming back and asking God, how did you let that happen to me? Or a big mistake that the shame makes us run away instead of come home. Or a grief that leaves a hole so big and we know it's not going to get filled with anything else. and We just don't know how to do life anymore because the hole is so big. Or how about two years into a pandemic, which I just read a Washington Post headline today that said we're two years in and the collective trauma is so great that many people are just at their breaking point. And it's easy to get used to it and think that life is just going to go on. But what happens is we find more and more and more distance from the things that are meaningful and the people that we love and the places we really know we should be going but it hurts and it's painful and it's hard to go back to that. So we just move away from it. We turn and walk in the other direction. Yet the invitation, the invitation is to come back, to not run away, to not hide. That, that is the good news of God's kind of salvation. Coming home to faith after a long time away is not only allowed it's celebrated and and when we come back we find relief and we find help in unpacking whatever baggage has been weighing us down on those travels of running away God never loses track of us And the invitation to return home is always before us. And 
My favorite part is that when we come back, even if our biological family, for whatever reason, cannot be there for us, God gives us spiritual family. He gives us a place where we can belong. If I could talk to Michael today, I would tell him that we never stopped loving him. I I would ask him if he always felt connected to the prayers and the thoughts and the love of a family hidden deep in his childhood memories. Did he feel something about some people that he couldn't put faces with, but he just knew there was something Someone there he had not seen in a long, long time. I think he is probably about 35 years old today. If I could talk to Michael, I would also remind him that even though we could not go where he was going, God never lost sight of him. I want to share a song with you that I wrote about 10 years ago. It's called Christmas Blessing. It's simple, it's a cappella, but kind of encompasses what we talked about today. This mixture of holiday joy and and loss and, and the commingling of those experiences and things we love about our Christmas memories and things we wish were different. And just pray that you can live in that tension of both things knowing that a baby in a manger is the connection point for us to live both joyfully and reflectively on things in our lives that have been difficult may this holiday bring back the Candy canes and icicles And all the fudge you could eat May this Christmas Eve Surround you with his peace Light the candle bright this holy night And fall upon your knees For the baby is born And he has come An infant son To be the one Deepest love of loves. To close today, I thought I would read to you a 
few verses from Matthew 5. We, we call many of these verses the Beatitudes. These verses where Jesus says, hey, if you're in this place in your life, you're blessed. And, and I just want to clarify, that doesn't mean, oh, be so happy that things are miserable or difficult or you've suffered something horrible. He's saying, you're not alone. If you find yourself in one of these places, know that God is at work in the midst of it. And I just felt like so much of my story with Michael, I, I, I feel some of these things from that experience in one way or another. So listen to it for your own heart today. This will be our benediction. And, and ask yourself as you know we close out and there's just some quiet and some music, what... Um, what speaks to me today? What are the losses that I revisit around the holidays? Who are the Michaels in my life? Do I need permission or invitation to come back to faith with whatever I'm carrying right now as baggage? So hear these words and then Take a few moments to reflect and meditate on them. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment that you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He is food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and hearts put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are in your place in God's family. So go today. Be blessed. Be blessed in the reality that you know you're not alone. And that wherever you find yourself, whoever your Michaels are, if you are the Michael in someone else's life, know that you are loved, you are known, and someone is remembering you and wanting you.